Welcome to SMPD, the podcast where we look back on the shows that shaped our childhood. I'm Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And this week, we are looking back at a long overdue one. Again, it seems now that we're post-100 episodes, we're going to be circling back around, I think, quite a bit now to stuff that we really should have done a long time ago. Uh, So, yeah, we're looking back at a genuine classic in my eyes, uh, the Cosgrove Hall wind in the willows um now, now i will say before we dive in i do consider this to be an absolute classic i have somewhat of a weird relationship with the show but i feel like i've got quite a lot to say about this however it is hot as balls today yes so uh, <laughs> bear with us listeners this might actually be quite a short one and it could get a little bit crazy because yeah I'm and long fucking... periods of silence were probably because one or others have passed out. Yeah, I am fucking boiling already. <laughs> so yeah, I've been running around in the sun all day today, so I'm fucked already. I'm fucked before we start. Yeah, me too. It is hot as balls. So we'll do our best for you, listeners. <laughs> we will do our best. Um, but yeah, uh, Cosgrove Falls, Wind in the Willows. Uh, it's been on the list for a very, very long time. It was since me that put it on. I think. Yeah, I think it has been on since the beginning. It was me that put it on. Um, this is one that I've really, really wanted to go back and rewatch. Um, I have never watched it since being a kid, since its original airing. Um, it's one that's always been present in my mind. Um, but I had a very strange relationship with this show as a kid. I kind of had a love-hate relationship with it in that I really liked the animation and I liked the way it looked and I wanted to like this show. But it really seemed like boring old timey shit it confused the shit out of me actually as a kid because it looked because of the way it looks and the colors are all muted and so you know it's all green yes. and brown because it looks like it's all it, it kind of looks like it's live action except there's moving animals that are talking yeah. like, Hang on, what the what is this like what fresh hell is this and i never quite got it and i think that i mean as, as i said before we died before we came on it um i've not had a chance to go back and watch this it's been one of those that no it's been such a busy couple of weeks, and I, I think I watched the first episode um, about an hour ago, um, just because I didn't get the chance to do it. And I remember thinking, I remember this creeping me out as a kid, like it really fucking weirded me out the look of it, because it, like, you know, you had your cartoons, and at the time, the cartoons we were getting, you know, we had Duckler, we had Danger Mouse, you had your Transformers, you had your Disney stuff, and it, they looked like they were, they looked like cartoons. Yeah. They were drawn and the rest of it. This stuff, it looked, it was something so completely alien. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, because the look of it as well is, like, yeah, you, you're right, it's muted colours, and obviously it's it's stop-motion animation as well, which hmm. was actually quite unusual for this time. We had a lot of claymation, hmm. especially in this country. We had a lot of claymation, and we had a lot of kind of cut-out almost uh, style animation as well. Uh, with with layer drawing but we didn't really have a great deal of stop motion so there was nothing else really on tv that that looked like this and on top of the fact it was stop motion and it was muted colors like the animals aren't really with the exception perhaps of toad they aren't cartoony and and even with toad he he could be far more cartoony if if you look for instance at something like the adventures of ichabod and mr toad the disney adaptation the half of that that's wind in the willows like they're toad is a cartoon toad. Yeah. This toad 
is not like he doesn't look exactly like a toad in the way that i think badger looks quite like a badger but he's he's definitely more on the realist side of things yeah. than he is on the cartoon side of things so I, yeah and i think that, that might have been one of the things that freaked me out actually is that the rest of them because the rest of them were mammals and they you know they were they were their normal shapes and they could stand on two legs yes they didn't you know they were fine whereas mr toad should have been a frog or no should have been a toad but he didn't have that shape he still stood erect on two legs and flailed his arms around like like a fucking uh you know the uh the, the used car sales place uh, but he had a toad's head so that was kind of weird as well yes um but yeah i mean you're, you're right i think whereas everything else looked like kind of like it was supposed to toad was sort of the exception and he was kind of exaggerated and that was that's possibly because you know he was the only one that was a toad and the rest were mammals but it could have also been a, the stylistic of making him stand out a bit more possibly i mean he is the star of the show at the end of the day isn't he so yeah um, but it's, but it's interesting you say that it kind of freaked you out a little bit because I was genuinely scared of this as a kid as well. That's another layer that I had on top of this. I don't know what it was, and I still can't put my finger on it. The weasels definitely scared me. Yeah. Um, that was a big part of it. The weasels I definitely found frightening as a kid. But there's also something about just the presentation of it, the muted colours, the the old-timey music. Yeah. That just and I mean I'm very very young when this is on, so I haven't yeah. really got kind of the yeah. the narrative language to to associate that with kind of ghosts. But that's almost yeah. the feeling I think I was getting as a kid of like this is some old timey shit. Like this yeah. is this feels like it belongs in another era. And, and I think the thing is as well is that like, I I mean when was this first on like eighty five or something like that eighty four earlier than so, that yeah eighty four yeah eighty four so yeah. I'm barely off the tit at this point. Yeah. And I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I certainly am not aware of um, the the book or the Disney version, no, the, the, the Disney film, or even the film that came the year before. I don't know any of this shit, and I'm probably watching this when I'm about three or four, so about halfway through the run, and I'm just going, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and because, because they were animals, and like normally when you see animated animals, especially when you're a kid, and you know, you know, not looking at things like Peppa Pig, but you're looking at like the fucking you know, animals of farthing wood and like Disney films like the Fox and the Hound and stuff like that. You're looking at them as you no, know, they're going to be bright colours. They're going to be very vivid, stand up against the background. They're going to, you know, they're going to be very detailed, mm. but they're still going to look like they're drawn. Whereas this is like, oh shit, I yeah. don't understand. How how have you got the frog doing that? Because I don't know what the difference between a frog and a toad. I probably still don't now. But I, I didn't know he, he was a toad, not a frog. Apart from the fact his name was Mister Toad. How did you get the animals to talk like that? How do you get them to move? How do you get the clothes on them? Yeah, yeah, there they was something something magical and at the same time quite frightening about it as a kid. Ha- hauntingly realistic, I think, was the problem. Yes, yes, I think that's probably what it is. It's almost Uncanny Valley before Uncanny yeah. Valley was a thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, and and all of that uh, now, coming, coming back and looking at it now, because I suspected viewing it as an adult, I would appreciate it more. And mm. spoiler alert, I did. So there's no surprise there. Um, but looking at it now, I think I can appreciate that um, on, on a whole nother level because when you consider this is the early 80s, like the animation in this is fucking astounding. Yes. Like it's so good. And, you know, we've talked about how realist the animals look, but actually their movements then are very cartoony and the animation is very, very good. Yeah. Um, especially and- when you look at Toad, like Toad's flailing his arms around, and he's so he's especially at the beginning of the first episode where he's recounting the battle with the weasels and he's swinging off the chandelier and all this sort of stuff. 
and it looks yeah. so smooth and so slick and you don't expect it for i mean for a stop motion thing now you wouldn't expect it to look that slick and you know you look at the Ardman stuff that came all the way from the mid 90s all the way up to the very recently they it improved a hell of a lot but it still didn't look any more or any slicker or any better than this stuff looks and this predated it by what 10 years yeah yeah that's right um the yeah the the quality i think i think it was of the the, the longer album was not like the creature comfort ones where they didn't really move just the head moving and stuff i think that, like you more you wallace and gromits and stuff like that where you you had whole body movements and stuff yeah well i, I was gonna say like the wallace and gromit stuff is more on a on a muscular skeleton kind of um yeah. sort of stop motion thing as well whereas a lot of the early creature comforts i believe were claymation um, right, yeah. Wallace and Gromit's got that look to it, but there is a, a sort of musculature underneath them and stuff, which is yeah. which is what we've got here. Um, and just, I'm sure I'm I'm preaching to the quiet, everybody listening here, but that's what we mean when we say stop motion. Okay, we have sort of miniatures that can be posed, uh, and you're taking a frame at a time. You'll swap out heads to get facial expressions and stuff like that. Whereas claymation is obviously working with clay. Yeah, it's, it's it's a very similar process, essentially, yeah. all right, but the clay is moldable, so you're able to get slightly more uh, yeah. expression out of it, if you like. Um, yeah. But yeah, this, and this is... And if you're really lucky, you don't get fingerprints all over it. Oh, I mean, that's part of the charm. I love claymation as well, don't get me wrong, and, and there's a lot of claymation on our list, which, again, yeah. we need to circle back around to. But, but again, that's the thing. I think that's what I was used to seeing at mm. this time, especially, like you say, this is 84, so... Yeah, you're just off the tit. I'm very, very young, but this is one of the earliest shows I can remember. And I'm watching this alongside things like Moss Chops, for instance, and other mm. claymation shows like yeah. that. So if I'm not looking at a cartoon, I'm used to looking at claymation like Moss Chops or Morph or any yeah. of those kind of shows. So to see this, it just blew my fucking mind. And I, I didn't know what it was. And, and so I just had this kind of weird fascination with it i think as a kid like i never turned it off but mm. it was always a case of when the music started i was like oh no it's wind in the willows yeah, i genuinely I did i was like oh fuck well, even, the, even the fucking music though i mean you, you go into as a kid no as as an adult you think oh, okay that's um that's that's quite quaint and it's, it's quite nice as a kid you think oh this is fucking boring yeah it really was uh, now you know the theme i happen to think is excellent but yeah. as a kid yeah as a kid like it's boring as shit However, before even going back and watching all of this, this is another one of those. And, you know, I don't think it's good enough to make the cut, you know, for our theme tune show. But it, mm. a lot of what I talked about on there, a good theme needing to be memorable and needing to sum up the show. Like, it's all yeah. of those things. Because before I even went back and watched my first episode, as soon as I knew we were doing it, I was wandering around going, the wind in the willows. And I could remember the whole thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it goes hand in hand with the show. And, there is so much of this show that has remained just iconic for me. And I think perhaps the strangest thing about it is being the huge Disney nerd that I am as well. Mm. Um, and, and actually really liking the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad yeah. as well. It's it's one of my favorite collections. And spending as much time in the parks as I do. Um, I really should associate Disney's Mr. Toad with The Wind in the Willows. But try as I might, it, like if anybody says Wind in the Willows to me, this is where I go. I don't go to the yeah. book. I don't go to Disney's Mr. Toad. You know, when when you say Mr. Toad, it's not that version I see. And you're talking, yeah. you know, to somebody that owns Mr. Toad's Wild Ride merchandise and things. But that's not the Mr. Toad that I see. I see David Jason's Mr. Toad. I hear yeah. David Jason's voice. Yeah. That's Mr. Toad to me and yeah. always will be. And I think you know? part of it, I mean, we, we've talked about this a lot um, on producers that it's kind of that sort of first exposure is, is a really, you know, it's, it's a big part of it. But actually, I mean, this, 
aside from the film we had in 83 you had five seasons of this running from 84 to 90 mm-hmm. so th- there was a lot of this shit i mean you, you know you are talking there's 50 plus episodes of this yeah yeah and it, and it's it's kind of a benchmark as well really you know i've watched a lot of this you said you haven't had a lot of time to watch it i i have really fallen down the rabbit hole with this um they're all freely available listeners fuck they were given away with newspapers in this country all right that's how prevalent yeah. this got um there's dvds out there and they're on youtube if you really must but please do try and pay for your content you know we're a big advocate of that they, they are on pay platforms but i think it's on amazon it is on amazon yeah um so it, it, it's out there everywhere and i, I please do go and watch it i fell down the rabbit hole i, was, I thought i was just going to get hold of one or two and i'd be done but i have the complete opposite feeling about this now <laughs> compared to what i had as a kid i find this charming as hell now mm. it, it's it's so it's so well written as well is the thing and, and i mean episode to episode and the reason i say yeah. it's, it's a benchmark is because you know the whole series is basically a reboot if you like or a sequel to what we think of as the wind in the willows, right? To yeah. to Toad losing Toad Hall and going to jail and the incident yeah. with a motor car and everything that people think of as the story of the wind in the willows yes. comes first in that feature film adaptation. Yeah. Now, you know, these are twenty minute episodes. You could very easily have just retold the wind in the willows and split it up over the twenty episodes, much like the first season, say, of D'Artagnan and the Massacre Hounds did. Yeah. Not with the wind in the willows, obviously. Um, but instead of doing that, they've just gone, well, no, we've done that now. So let's yeah. take these characters and let's just tell our own stories. And so you get these five seasons of just knockabout fun. Yeah. But like now and again, they touch back on bits from the book that weren't in the original film. Yeah. Um, but most of it is just, well, we're going to have some fun with these characters now. We're going to reboot it. We know who these characters are, so we'll take them on if, episodic if anyth- adventures if anything it's a very good it's a very good example of fan fiction yes yes and and you know i think now we see that a lot we're seeing yeah. franchise after franchise just rebooted and put through the ringer and again i'm very vocal on my feelings about that you know if if you like these reboots then good for you some i like some i don't and i'm able to distance from that you know mm. let the people that want it take it but this proves that you can do all of that and still turn out a quality product and it can still feel right because even though they're new stories, it still feels like the wind in the willows. Like I said, this Mr. Toad is my benchmark Mr. Toad. Yeah. This is the version of, you know, his laugh is the laugh that I hear. His his yeah. movements are the movements that I see. Like this is Mr. Toad to me. Yeah, you know? and, and one thing I will say as well, I mean, we talk we, we talk about sort of reboots and sequels and stuff all the time, sort of here and on, on, on Better Than Mario. And I think one thing they've done really well here, which you, you don't always see, is because they've taken characters that are already established by another product that wasn't theirs. They didn't create it. The characters didn't write the characters. They didn't know. They don't. They, no, they know the characters, but they're not. No, they're not intimately equated with them. No, because they didn't create them. Mm-hmm. They've captured them so well. Yeah, they really going, have. It's no. It's not. You're not watching it going. Ah, oh, well, fuck yeah. Okay, well, that's based on a book, and this is kind of you no. Know, Quentin Tarantino has come in and done a remake. Yeah. No, it's not it doesn't feel like that. It feels like they've gone right, okay. Who are these characters? What are, what do they want? How can we get them no, what situations can we put them in and how would those characters react? Yes. Not just we want to tell we've got this story to tell, can we tack Mr. Toad on? It's right, what how would Mr. Toad do this? Yes. How would he react to this scenario? So I think the second episode which I was about I was just about halfway through watching um when it was time to come on, uh, to come on. 
um, I think he gets kidnapped, doesn't he, by the weasels, and then he ends up talking them to you know, talking them to yes. tears, and they let him go. Yeah. Um, like that. No, that's the sort of thing you can imagine, told from the book or told from that first film. You can imagine him doing that very without much question. So. Yeah, very much so. And and there is a lot of um like we talk we use the term a lot animated sitcom and stuff we use that yeah. a lot on this show but there there is a lot of that to it as well of let's put mr toad in this situation and see how he reacts but i think it's it's actually got something to say as well in the way that all the best sitcoms do it does reflect society at the time it was being made yeah um, I, I don't think i saw enough of it to, to pick that up unfortunately I'm, I'm going to i mean it's only 52 episodes so it's not going to take me that long no um i, I may fall asleep for a couple of days that's not the end of the world wouldn't yeah. be the first time no. um but but you know there's a lot of especially with a character like mr toad as well he's he's constantly getting caught up by you know the newfangled invention or there'll be for instance there's uh, an episode where he decides to play the stock market and the weasels come in and con him out of toad hall you know when it's so you've got elements of yuppie culture in there with mr mm. toad you've got elements of being you know false aristocracy almost and being born into royalty and all of this stuff is sort of in the original text but yeah they extrapolate that in these stories and put the 80s spin on it. there's a huge there's a season-long arc about industrialization and what it's actually going to do to the countryside and stuff and, and it, but they don't preach they don't make a big thing about it it's just constantly ticking away there in the yeah. background um there's a moment in the, the very last episode um i haven't watched all 50 odd episodes but i have jumped around um, in, yeah. in the way we tend to to get a good flavor of it yeah i mean I, I, you said it was a, se- a season-long arc but i don't think generally it, it matters if you do skip ahead because there's, no, there's not oh not yeah no and like any. i said this arc is just ticking away in the background like you don't hmm. it's not it's not going to grip you every episode there just is a constant sort of ticking time bomb almost of industrialization going on in the background um but when you get to the the last season which was actually under a different name it was something like the adventures of mr, oh, mr. Toad. Oh, yeah, Mr. there you Toad. go. Oh, Mr. Toad, that's what it was. Um, so yeah, the, the last episode, Toad gets a film camera and decides that he's going to become a film director. And so it's it's a perfect tool to get literally every cast member back because he ropes them yeah. all in to be part of his yeah. film, right? And some are better than others. And, and it's quite sweet, actually. You know, you get Ratty... Mole and Badger, who won't help him to start with because they're preparing for the winter, which gives you the perfect out for the show as well, okay? Because yeah. they have to prepare for the winter, which means they're going to go away because they're going to hibernate. So he ropes in all of the kids and he ropes in the weasels and the weasels to do a bit of business and start robbing Toad Hall when they're not yeah. on camera and stuff like that. Yeah. And as you would imagine, the film all starts going wrong until you get to the point where the rest of the crew have finished preparing for the winter and they come to help out because they've got some time to spare to help Toad and then they foil yep. the weasels and pretty much business as usual. But then all of this is a roundabout way of me getting to the final scenes, which is the entire cast sat in a room in Toad Hall with a white sheet and a film projector. Hmm. And Toad projects his film onto it and all of them can see themselves on screen and the weasels are having a good time along with the rest of the cast. I'm going to try and get through this without crying. Um, <laughs> and, and Bad just sat down watching it. And I can't remember the exact quote, but I, I will. I'll try and paraphrase it as best I can. He says something along the lines of, it's a wonderful thing that Toad has done here today in bringing us all together. Maybe there is some good in his folly. And then as he's watching it, he goes, and this is the sort of the final thought on this industrialization of the technology. He's watching it and he goes, it's amazing to think that years from now when we're all gone, 
we're preserved on this strip of film forever. And I, it broke me. <laughs> like, as a filmmaker, it absolutely broke me. Yeah. Now, can I just say, I'm amazed it's taken 102 episodes for you to cry. Um, <laughs> I'm not quite there. I'm fighting the tears, <laughs> but I did cry watching it. It absolutely broke me. Like, And the performance and the sentiment of it was just so genuine. And it works on so many levels, you know, because, because yes, absolutely, as a filmmaker, there is an element of pouring your soul into everything you do. Um, and, and there is that element of that, you know, the same with us talking on here now, you know, generations to come. There are hundreds of hours of our voices just stamped here for people to, I mean, barely anybody listen to us now, but <laughs> further down the line, there are hundreds of hours of our voices being preserved and our characters being preserved. And so that rung true. But then there's also the level of Badger's on film saying this, watching himself on film and it's preserving the performance from the animators and the actors and the character. And it's a real meta sort of storyline that yeah. they work into it. And it was just absolutely beautiful. And when it finished, I just had to sit down and go, and that was a fucking kid show. And I yeah. didn't used to like that. And then it dawned on me that the reason I had this weird relationship with her and I didn't used to like it is because, quite frankly, this is operating on a level that's far too sophisticated for children. Yeah. Like, this is not a children's show, I'm afraid. Like, there's, there is knockabout humour in it. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there's a lot of slapstick. Yes, which and, you kind of expect from Cosgrove uh, from Hall. You do, you do. And, you know, when some of the performances, David Jason especially, is pitching to the stalls in the way that you would expect. And, 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 and that's not a criticism either. No, absolutely not. I was going to come on to it later on, his performance. Like, generally, when you get people who do similar characters, especially with animation... You get the same voice, the same performance, just with different words, yeah. And you don't get that with David Jason. Um, yeah. And to, to, no, to the end, I mean, you look at characters where he's a lot more. You know, he's there. He's so, he's never quite as manic as this. But you look at no Ducky, you look at uh, Danger Mouse. He's always very energetic. It's always very upbeat. And then you t- here, it's to, it's to the nth degree. But actually, it's almost as if he's tr- he's trying to mute it because he it would it would go too far over the top if he didn't. And you can sort of see him just getting, you know, getting excited, or you can hear him getting excited about it as the lines go. It's either, you know, I mean, he's obviously a very good actor anyway, but you can just hear, hear him getting into it and getting into it. And, you know, as you, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, for example, mm. and some some narrators will just be very monotonous and very methodical, and others will get really fucking into it. And every time somebody takes a sharp breath, there's almost an echo of a sharp breath underneath, you know. It's, it's all this, this sort of stuff where you can, you, know, you can almost pick it out, and that's kind of what you get from David Jason here. So like he's 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 giving the performance, but actually, he's not just giving a performance. He's re- no, he's he's so far into it. Yeah, it's it's probably the animated version of Method. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's phenomenal, and it's you know it's not just Mister Toad either. He supplies a lot of voices. Yes, um, he does. Yeah, my, does my person as well, doesn't he? He's, he's some of the weasels. Um, I think it's Billy. Is it Billy yeah, the little Billy, rabbit? Yeah, yeah, he's Billy as well. <laughs> Who, as it turns out, is my favourite character. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love him. Like he just randomly rocks up in pretty much every episode. Yeah, uh, has a couple of lines and then goes. But again, the performance is so good because he just takes his voice up those few octaves. He sounds yeah. like a stuttering little kid, you know. And it's and it's yeah. the mirror opposite of Toad, you know. Toad with the manic energy, and Billy's very oh, oh please, Mister Toad, and he and he's very meek and and mild yeah. and yeah. Um. So I mean, it it's kind of a one man show, which is. In itself, compliment when you look at the voice cast. I was going to say you, you've got like Peter Solison. Again, Peter Solison does a very solid role. Richard Pearson as Malt does a very good job as well. Yeah. So no, there's nobody in there giving a bad performance. 
no, no, no one is. But I think David Jason just stands so head and shoulders above yeah, everyone else. Absolutely runs away with it. Yeah, he really does. And I think probably as a kid, that's what kept me watching. That was the bit that, besides the look of it, that was the bit that, that drew me in, was actually I probably quite liked Mr. Toad, looking back on it. Um, where, whereas now, just the whole thing is wonderful. Like, I, I haven't seen a bad episode. You mentioned you've watched the pilot. Um, and again, they, they kind of tell that in flashback yeah. as the kind of... of it's a prison break, essentially. Yeah. It's Toad breaking out of prison, which is it, not at all what you expect from the Wind in the Willows. No, that that's right, and it's no, it's it's setting you up then because I mean you get that um, you get the it's it's almost a narration, isn't it? And you, where they're going through, well, no, Toad remembered it a little bit differently, and all this sort of stuff, and you're going through, it and then yeah, you look, it's it's like a kid telling a story, isn't it? You, know, you just keep adding bits on and adding bits. On. It's the aristocrats, isn't it? Yes, you know, and it's 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 that sort of thing, but in you know, in child friendly form, um, and yeah, it, no, but it's. It's such a, it's such an easy thing to get sucked into. I think it is, and and I think now perhaps because we're so far removed from it as well. Not that we, not that it was exactly current in the eighties either. But now, well, no, it's I mean, almost... it was based on a book from nineteen oh eight, so you know it was never going to be. Uh... No, but but I think we were kind of closer to it then, and life was probably closer to them. But yeah. we're now so far removed yeah. from this kind of idyllic countryside. You know, and that industrialization that's been threatened in the show has happened, yeah. and we're so far removed from that now that it that it almost feels a bit like a postcard as well. You know, yeah. and whereas at the time, you know, especially a lot of the performances and the narration, you know, there's there's a certain element of RP in there as well, not from David Jason or yeah. from the Weasels, but otherwise there is a little bit of RP going on there as well. So it's got that very distinct old time yeah. British sound and feel to it. Yes. Um, and there's a little bit of nostalgia for that in me now, I think. Whereas in the eighties, that was everywhere, you know. Yeah, like, not in kids' what you had on TV, TV, but that's, yeah, that's what, you know, you put the you, you put you know, the BBC on, and that's what you know, that's what you had. Yeah, that's what your continuity announcers sounded like. You know, yeah. that was those were the voices, and yeah, things like that. Yeah, those were the voices you were used to hearing. Whereas now you're not yeah. because things are more regionalized now, and they are more colloquial and. You yeah. know, the, there's more of a desire for people to be to sound friendly and approachable rather than this yeah. kind of distant RP voice. Um, so, so th- I think there's that to it as well. There's definitely yeah. that kind of wistful, kind of nostalgic feeling. And I don't think there's any other show that we've watched. Like nostalgia is a big thing on this show anyway, as yeah. we've talked well, about. That's a lot, kind but, of the purpose of the show, isn't it? Really? Yeah, but I don't think there's anything else that we've watched that feels just quite this quaint with it as i say i think i think no, wistful I mean, is probably the best description of it uh, it we, is we've that had, we've kind had of... a couple which have had a similar sort of feel like um obviously it didn't for me but the bagpuss had that now again has that very oh, similar God. yeah you know, it had, had a very si- no, had a similar effect no it's 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 almost so far removed from where we are as a society it's, it's un- unrecognizable but it just harks back to what we you know i mean what we were when we were kids that was what was referred to as better times yes yeah, and, exactly. And, no, so I mean, it, it, we've we've had that, and no, we have we've had it with a few things as well. I'm trying to think of examples. I almost said raggy dolls, but no. Um, Careful. Yeah. <laughs> Told you it's all. My filter's gone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, like, we we have had it before, but I think this is probably this is probably the first time where we've gone not just back to the time where it was made, but actually you know, the time it's reflecting as well, and how how impactful that was because as in in the eighties. People weren't worrying about industrialization at this point. They worried about the fucking Tories. Yes, and um, strange that. <laughs> and for, forty years later, fuck all's changed. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you know, it's so it's so it didn't you know it didn't really fit then, 
Whereas now you look, you can look at it as a piece of nostalgia no. and go, well, yeah, it's just no, it's a, it's an older, it's an older bit of nostalgia. Same as if you watch something that's set in fucking cowboy times or medieval times, you don't need it to be current. You no. just what no, you want it to do what it says in the tin, and that's what exactly what this does. It's it's that gentler, no, very, very passive, very easy watch, but actually yeah. it's got more to say than you'd ever give it credit for. Way more to say. It's it's interesting that you drew the comparison to Bagpuss as well, because yeah, as regular listeners will know that's that's a huge part of my childhood and a huge show for me and another one that takes part with a lot you mean there's puppetry mixed in as well but there's also a lot of stop motion in bagpuss um and i hadn't made that comparison until you just brought it up but you know when you put the two side by side and you know how much i adore bagpuss but it this is unquestionably a far superior show I the, think the difference is know. this. I mean, I've, I've only seen I've only seen the pilot, and I, I will go back and watch more and reading up about reading up on um, other episodes. I think that the difference is this is te- this is telling a complete story every week, but it is building as well. Whereas I think Bagpuss was a bit more throwaway and a bit more. This is here oh, and now, they, and, yeah, and totally. So yeah, I mean, totally it, they, are, they are very very different shows, but I think that when because they they have a very similar feeling, it's easy it's easy to compare them, even though they're not that similar. I think it's also just the fact that um, it, the animation is just so much better in this. It's it's yeah. so good. This animation, it's it's well, unbelievably this, good. It, it's it's unbelievable how good it is. Um, and I gotta be honest, the one thing I was expecting going into this was really crappy animation. Yes. And I don't know why, because I knew it was Cosgrove Hall. And to be fair, like they're never bad, are they? But I, th- you know? I think it's it's a because it's such. I mean, the, the Cosgrove Hall stuff we've looked at so far, you know, it's it's all been drawn and you know, it's it's that that different type of animation. I, yeah. I'm, I can't think of another type of anime of, of stop motion they did. I can't think of another example of it. And um, so, so it may it may be that's why we're thinking actually no, that's why we were expecting it to be crap. I mean, I was certainly expecting it to be dog shit. And going yeah. into, it, I was like, fucking hell, this is actually really good. I mean, the production value of this is fucking insane. Like, yeah. I don't know what it did cost, but just to look at it now, if you if you put this out today... Yeah, right, you other clean, than, cleaned it up and tighten up. That's the thing. It would need cleaning up because the only giveaway is the grain and the fact yeah. that it's in 4 by 3 right? Yeah. If you were to digitally restore this today and drop it on TV now without saying a word, you could yeah. completely pass this as a modern product. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. No question whatsoever. You could stand this alongside the likes of The Nightmare Before Christmas and all of those. Uh, Coraline, all of them. You could stand this next to those and go, look, this is comparable. Because that's the level of quality that you've got in this animation and the production value that's in this thing, you know? Um, again, even the sets. Well, you know, when you're looking at things like Toad Hall and the Riverbank yeah. and stuff like that, like there's no expense spared on these things. They look gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and, and, and if, you know, if the story says that they need to go to a prison cell, they'll build a prison cell. If they need a boat, they'll build a fucking boat. Yeah. Like, it really feels like they're not constrained by anything. Well, that's it. They... I mean, even if you just look at that pilot, you've got Toad Hall and the battles. You've got all, all, the, the, all the moving parts in the battle. You've got so many weasels, so many people fighting, all the rest of it. So you've got that. Then he goes to prison, and you've got, I say, prison set. You've got a cell. You've got a corridor. Uh, no, and obviously they re- they like the corridor differently to show it's different, you know, different area and all the rest. But you've then got the you've got the the riverbank and the barge and the barge woman mm-hmm. and the, and the, and that's under a bridge. So they've had to build a bridge. Didn't need to build a bridge. What's the fucking nope. point in the bridge? Looks awesome. Didn't need it. Yeah. And, and then there's a horse because yeah. they couldn't just give him a bike to fucking ride off. On they had to give him a horse. 
Well, I mean, the horse becomes a recurring character anyway. Yeah. The horse gets lines and everything later on. Yeah. So um, you have that, and then so, you know, but they, you get the um, there's, there's the sequence where he's doing the washing and she's laughing at him, and you know, she's a really fucking annoying laugh. Then he meets the uh, the gypsy, and the gypsy tries to rob him, and all this sort of stuff. And so you get all this stuff, and it, it's just you've got hang on, they spent a fuck ton of money. They've they've put characters in they don't need. They put sequences they don't need. They've got sets they don't need. They've animated like actual content they probably could get away without having. And the thing went, especially this this time when you're doing animation, doing stop motion animation, and you're doing frame by frame on film, it ain't cheap. No, absolutely. It's not, it's not like not. doing it now, where you know where you can make a uh, make a wire model, or even if you are doing stop motion, you, it's all digital, so you haven't got to worry about you know, about burning through film and stuff. So you don't want to be you don't want to be burning through stuff you're not going to use. But it's so tight, actually, it doesn't feel like they've wasted anything. Yes, okay, they didn't necessarily need the the, the gypsy man. They could have worked. They could have worked around, worked part of the story around, around him rather than through him, but actually, it doesn't really detract from it. And you're thinking, well, fucking hell, they've gone to the trouble of actually making that. Yeah, yeah, and you know that that stuff just gets like wilder and wilder as the show goes on. You can you can see with each season, you can actually see the show getting more expensive, um, which which is interesting because. That says a lot about traditional network TV, as it would have yeah. been at this time as well. You know, it's, it's the world's different now with streaming, but certainly back then, you know, shows did escalate in their production value. And what would normally lead to a show being cancelled was the point where the production value outweighs the audience share and the advertising revenue. Yeah, um, this, but the, it's just on ITV, wasn't it? I think it was on ITV. So, yeah. would, so there would have been, even though it was on the kids' block, there were still adverts. Yes, absolutely. So, so I mean, they'd, they'd been getting a share from that. So that, no, that would have certainly helped as well. Yeah, it was uh, it was Thames Television production. Yeah. Um, you you will all have heard the Thames Television theme at the front of this before Wind in the Willows because they they're a, in they're it's inseparable. Doing a bongo on my fucking head at the moment. Yeah, they're inseparable. There there are certain shows. This is one of them. Rainbow's another. Yes. Um, there are certain shows where that theme is just inseparable from the TV theme. The Thames TV logo is is part of the Wind in the Willows to me, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. You know, it, it's an iconic part of TV for me, which is quite sad, but says a lot about the, the shows that we watched as kids doesn't it you know yeah. um but uh where was i going for that yeah advertising yeah. yeah so you you can see how expensive it's getting and that probably is what ultimately led to its downfall um but i think the five seasons that we've got the 50 odd episodes yeah or whatever they are they're fucking magical like the, the amount of money that like those and the film the amount of money that's been yeah. thrown at this and the quality that comes out of it i think what shines through is just a commitment to never just being good enough. That, yeah. That's what it feels like, you know. It's, it's that level of, oh yeah, we could probably get away with that, but it's just not good enough. So yeah. we're just going to keep going until it, do it is again, good enough. Do it better yeah. because because nothing on here looks wrong. Like you say, there's no there's no fat in these scripts. Yeah. Um, like the, yes, okay, you, there are elements where perhaps you don't need them. But it all works, and yeah. they never the episodes never outstay. They're welcome. The performances are good. Some of the dialogue is nothing short of fucking excellent. I mean, and, yeah. and I don't just mean the the stuff like Badger's speech at the end. Uh, you know, a lot of the actual sort of heavy lifting stuff, yeah. just especially with the weasels. Some yeah. of the, oh, the punnery, yeah, the back and forth, and is brilliant. And, yeah, it really is. Like it's it's dead funny. And how much of that is is the actors, and how much of that is in the script? I don't know. Um, but it all works. It's genuinely funny. But again, as a kid, it was too sophisticated. The humor was just too sophisticated for yeah. me in, in the cats. Like, yeah, all right, if Toad trips up or something, then yeah, I'm going to find funny. that funny. Yeah, if he runs around going, ah, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny, yeah. Yeah. But, 
you know, I, I don't appreciate making a pun as a about kid. Frogsborn. Now that would yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, fly I, straight over your head. Yeah, and, and I don't appreciate as a kid, you know, the the kind of nuances of the weasels. You know, I just found them scary, but I didn't get that they were Cockney gangsters. Yeah. You know, so I didn't get a lot of their Cockney rhyming slang and things like that. Um, you know, the fact that there's normally whenever they're around, there'll be some sort of reference to being going inside or being in jail or something like that, and it'll set them off because they can't they can't be around people when they're talking about going inside yeah. because it, <laughs> because they've got issues. And there's there's all of these things that for a, I mean four-year-old basically yeah so that's that's when i started watching this it was probably around about 85 ish i was actually switched onto this which was about the time i was actually able to comprehend a narrative mm. so i mean that's that's how early this is this is like proper formative memory stuff for yeah. me and all of that just goes straight over my head whereas now i can fully appreciate it yeah. to the point that i wish i had all those dvds off the newspapers you know because yeah. they were fucking free whereas now i've had to pay fucking money but, but I don't feel ripped off by it at all because no, so, so there, there, there has been a lot of home release um, throughout the years and there various different versions so I mean there, there are plenty around oh yeah there's loads there's absolutely loads um, I'd wager it's probably still on repeat somewhere on some channel in the deep recesses of Skybox I would Skybox. imagine there's um, a kids channel um, so on Freeview I don't have Sky um, on Freeview, the kids' channels went up to like you know, they they got moved to like two hundred or something. And after the, the two BBC ones you had, there's one called Pop TV. Right. If it's anywhere, it's fucking on there. Guarantee it. If anyone from Pop TV is listening, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> so and, we can point uh, if anyone's not direction. on Pop TV and you just want to flick, you've got your board, you got five minutes, you want to flick through your telly box, do that instead. Yeah, and let us know. I've never heard of Pop TV, and I don't I have found Freeview, it by accident. So I won't morning, be doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, there was something on one morning before number like a couple of years ago before number one was going to school, and I was fed up of whatever the fuck was on CBBS, and so I I just changed the channel and there was a, there was something I think like Fireman Sam was on or something which is not that's fucking bad enough but it was just, it just wasn't whatever she'd been watching on CBBS for about a month, and I think I, I'm that's how I found it but they do tend to have a lot more of that sort of age show um, on it so that's another that. that early 90s um stuff that we were getting so I, w- I would wager if it's anywhere it'll be on there yeah i mean it's probably cheap is the thing um because it's old right yeah. and it's been it's like given away in a newspaper so yeah. jesus christ it is 40 fucking years old isn't it well the film is the, the show is 38 jesus christ yeah i really am old um fuck me um but that, that's even more remarkable like when you consider how good it looks for being 40 years old. Yeah. Absolutely. Now I'm even more impressed. Like most things, once they get past 40, don't really look that great anymore, me included. Um, Damn it, so, you beat me to it. <laughs> I, I just thought I'd get in there first. I wasn't going to open the door that easily. Um, <laughs> but this, like like I say, if you polish this up, this really could look like it was made yesterday. Hmm. Um, and in fact, it probably looks better than a lot of current TV animation. I can't think of any current stop motion shows on TV other than the likes of, you know, you've got things like Robot Chicken and Modoc and things like that, but they are more computer generated now is the thing. Yeah. They appear to be stop motion, Yeah, but they aren't necessarily. This is literally people moving things by hand, resetting yeah. a camera and clicking a frame. That's the level of craft involved in this. Yeah. Um, and and the more you talk about it, the more absolutely mind blowing this process is. Like these yeah. episodes are twenty minutes at a clip. Yeah. Ten episodes a season, 
pretty much. I think it's nine or ten a season. Well, there's, there's fifty-two for across the five seasons. So yeah, yeah. Call, call it no, call it ten and change. Like this must have taken fucking forever yeah. to to commit to film, you know. And yet those five seasons were out between what eighty-four and 84, 84 and ninety. So, so the gap, they, so they're dropping almost, one a year, more or less. Yeah, so season one was 84, season two was 85, 86, season three was 86, 87, 87, 88, and then almost the total was in 90. Jesus. So, so, so like flat out, basically, for five, six years. Yeah, constantly. And in the middle of all of this, they're probably also gearing up for things like Duckler as well. They're certainly still making Danger Mouse yeah. early on at this point as well. You know, this is only... I think the third Cosgrove Hall show we've done, isn't it? Because we've done Danger Mouse. Done Danger. Have we, did we do Duckler or did we do Duckler on Who Wins? No, actually, I think we did Duckler here. I don't think we've done Danger Mouse, have we? No, we did Danger Mouse on Darkwing Duck, didn't we? Yeah, on Who Wins. So, we haven't, it. So, so it might only be the second Cosgrove Hall show we've looked at. Obviously, you know, we've got the likes of Victor and Hugo and stuff that we can look at as well. But yeah. I feel like, you know, we're constantly talking about the Disney afternoon. Yeah. Um because it because it's the high benchmark, right? It's as simple as that. Those those Disney shows are the high benchmark. But you know, on this side of the pond, like Cosgrove Hall were playing at that level. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And, and I had some issues with Duckler rewatching it, you know, which which we talked about at the time, but you still can't deny the quality of that product yeah. and everyone involved, David Jason's accent aside. Um but that kind of I don't think that's exemplified anywhere better than here. Like no, this, this just right. oozes quality from every fucking pore. Uh, I want to track down the film now because mm. I didn't re- I didn't watch the film at all. I just watched a load of episodes, uh, but I'm sure the film is out there somewhere if I go looking for it. Yeah, uh, but I, I, I want to check that out now just to compare it to Ichabod and Mister Toad, uh, yeah. just to do a like for like because in terms of a straight adaption of Wind in the Willows, that's that's what I'm used to. It's watching yeah. Ichabod and Mister Toad at least once a year, normally because I'm watching. Uh, watching it around halloween for the sleepy hollow side of things and then i just let it run on to to mr toad as well you know um but yeah i need to track this down now i'm just uh, looking to see if i can find it now but uh might need a bit more extensive research it's bound to be out there somewhere i've absolutely no doubt i can find it within a couple of minutes if i really look uh because as i say these are all readily available as well so there's no way that that's not uh yeah i can't imagine that no um so yeah i i don't know what else I can say about it, really, other than it's just fucking superb. Like I say, the the, the level at which it's operating yeah. in terms of casting a mirror to society around it, which, which, you know, was the whole point of The Wind in the Willows to begin with, yeah. the novel. You know, you've got this microcosm uh, of a society around the riverbank and, you know, they, they're talking about, you know, the encroachment of things like the motor car and, the you know, the motorization era and stuff like that. That was all there to begin with. But the way they've just taken that and spun it out into what would become the materialistic 80s. And you can see the seed yeah. of it, as I say, when you've got, yeah. you know, Toad playing the stock market. Toad gets a film camera. Toad yeah. gets a motorbike. You and know, I think all as of well, these I mean, I'm sure I read as well that it, um, towards the end, the they had um, a storyline whereby there was a, a railway track was going to be put alongside the river. And it was basically going to come through the riverbank. That's that's the that's the season long arc. That's what okay. it is. They right, they okay. yeah. They, so there's then, a railway so... line going through to to ferry like materials and stuff back and forth. So there's yeah. this whole thing so, about so them trying to destroy trying... the habitat and their all their environment and all the rest of it. So yeah. again, very on point for the eighties and very on point now. Yes, yeah, very much so. So on top of being this wonderfully animated, quaint sort of Middle England collection of tales, 
uh, and caricatures. It's also got a lot to say, and it says it remarkably well. Like I yeah. said, yes, it's a little bit sappy, but that speech from Badger at the end yeah. just had me fucking bits, absolute bits. Yeah. Um, you know, this, uh, this constant reference as well to, to Toad's ancestors, which again is in the yeah. it's in the source material, but they really do play that up with Badger actually being more of his guardian as well and constantly yeah. talking about his father and what his father would want. Yeah. And so, and I think there's always a temptation as well, making something like this, which I say at the time of making this show, the source material was 80 years old, more or less. Yeah. And there was always, there would always be the temptation to make it really twee and really, you know, just really kind of like the famous five and of the Ian Blyton stuff whereby you know life was life was better back then and all, mm-hmm. all this sort of stuff and there would be they could have done that and i mean i've as i hadn't read the book when this was on tv i haven't watched it since until until today um but i have read no, i have read the book in the intervening almost 40 years and you can see how they could have gone right okay well yeah you'll get the same feeling for it you'll get the same you know, a lot of the character will come out of it but it won't be as much fun whereas what they've done here they've made it as silly as they can as fun as they can but actually it's got something to say as well and they've made an awful lot of the characters and they've done a lot of work to actually get to a point where you're not going oh for fuck's sake just no chuck mr ton mr Mr. toad in a blender kick the mole in the fucking river you know you you don't the the temptation would have been there for you they could have easily ruined these characters and they've done such a good job of not doing that yeah they've stayed true to them and i think twee is exactly the right word actually i think that's probably a word i've been dancing around all evening and haven't landed on for some reason but i think i think twee is exactly the right word in that it could have been and isn't yeah and i think i was worried that it would be going yeah. back and rewatching it because that you know that's certainly what my memory of it was and that was probably why i i thought i didn't like it as a kid and probably mm. why i've never gone back since because i was like oh that's that really fucking twee middle england boring show for tories because that's what it felt like. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's 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 kind of how it looked, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially when they're not... all there in the fucking, you know, they're in the fucking smoking jacket and then you know, the, the collar, and you just you get the thing. Oh fuck it! I'm not gonna I'm not gonna engage with this. I'm not gonna be able to get on with this at all. Yeah, and and it's not that at all. Um, it, it really is. I think I think everybody is represented amongst mm. the cast, you know, <laughs> and that seems like such a catch-all, especially you know, as as cautious as we are in today's yeah. society about representation and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's it's actually interesting to go back and look at something like this and actually see that, no, there are regional accents at play throughout this. Yeah. And all right, some of it is quite stereotypical and some of it might be vaguely offensive, but they made an effort at least to not make everyone sound like they've got a plum stuck in their mouth. Yeah. You know, and that, that was my worry going back to it as well. And there isn't that. Yeah. Um, and, and part of that as well comes back to and, and they had to do it I think because every adaptation of Wind in the Willows does it even though it's not present in the source material but part of that comes from leading with Toad yeah. I think as well um, you know and, and this particular performance of Toad because yeah. yes he's eccentric but he doesn't he's not played here as an eccentric aristocrat which which he is in some adaptations yes. as well you know he's he's a rich old crazy guy in some yeah. adaptations was, but he's not there was an adaptation what Person of five-ish, I think, wasn't there? Um, uh, I don't I, know. I'm sure there was, and I think that they they kind of did that here. They made him almost this you know, wild eccentric um, landowner. Yeah, you know, I, the type you'd get in like a fashion show sketch. You know, that's you know, that that uh, you know Tory QC who's going to be yes. you know, just out there shooting badgers on his lawn. Yes, and that's that's the trap, isn't it? But I think six. I apologize. Yeah. Close. The- that's the trap but i think this does it very well i do think we've mentioned it a lot as well but ichabod and mr toad does that very well as well in making toad an approachable character and leading with him 
because you know actually badger is is very down to earth and straight talking but he's too gruff Hmm. you know ratty is that aristocrat character you know he is a well-spoken english gent yeah yes he's yes he's a gent rather than an asshole you know but he is that character and then then moley's just wet (laughs) right you know so so you have to lead with toad despite the fact the book doesn't the book is more centered around mole actually um but but you have to lead with toad and they do that very well and i think that that is what frames the series is is the fun of this character and the fun of david jason's performance that allows it to just shine through um so yeah there are lots of other adaptations right i always give them a swerve though um and i think that's partially because i worry that they're going to do exactly that as you've just said they're going to they're going to be stories about eccentric rich people which just doesn't interest me at all because that's not my world yeah, so I need exactly. the way in. And this does that. And Ichabod and Mr. Toe did that as well. And so those are the versions of Wind in the Willows that I can kind of, I can get on board with, if you yeah. like, because you can see yourself in it. And it's, it's even things like the washerwoman on the boat, you know, that you were yeah. talking about. And, and the, the whole section there with his cross-dressing thrown in for fun, yeah. which, yeah, all right. We don't, we couldn't get away with that now, but it was the 80s, you know, and, and it's funny. It's a bit of business. You know, Billy and the kids, they're always funny. God damn it, he's Billy with the kids. That <laughs> You see? You see? It's all of this stuff. Yeah, and when you say it. it out loud, you go, Billy and the kids. Yeah, didn't get that. Fuck, missed that. So, but there it is. Yeah, yeah this, that's this, it. That's the level this is working at. And it, it's, it's fucking wonderful. It, yeah. It's an absolutely joyous show. Um, it, it's way too good for kids. It's way, way, way too good for kids. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's. I, I wouldn't say it's too good for kids. I think a lot of what's good about it would be lost on kids. I think that's the problem yes. with it. Um, I, it was on us, and, apparently. Yeah, so. and I mean, we, we've we've looked at other shows whereby there's a you know, there's the slapstick for the kids, and there's the, you know, the nudge, nudge, wing, wing for the parents. This. There's a, there's not so much of that in here. There's not so much of this of the the smut enough, you know, the, the carry on jokes and stuff like that. But there's enough in it where you go, okay, I get that. I didn't get that. One. I would have missed that when I was a kid. Yeah, and it's it, it lands, but it it doesn't. It's it's not there in as much it needs to be smutty or it needs to be um, needs to be um, crude or anything else. It's just there, and it's far cleverer than kids would would appreciate and understand. Yeah, it's it's smart. It is what it is. Yeah, they don't rely on smut. It is smart yeah um you know again the the stock market uh episode you know he's constantly investing in crazy ideas and they just get more and more crazy but they operate on a level that a kid's gonna find funny because it's a ridiculous idea but for an adult they're having a barb you know they are they are just taking pot shots at 80 society and the desire to always have it now and to need it bigger and to need it better yeah um not to mention mr toast coke habit well, there's that as well, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he was definitely on something. Let's be honest. God, yeah, yeah. But so, so yeah. It it is smart, is the thing, and all of that's going to sail over a kid's head. And then when you tie that into that muted, realist look, mm. it's a li- it is a little bit nightmarish for kids. Like it definitely did freak me out. Mm. Yeah, really freaked this, me. This and Almond Cheap are the two that I really remember freaking me out. And Almond Cheap is on the list. Yeah, as well. so I, I need to go back to that different one. Reasons. I, I need to go back to that one because I don't really remember that. I loved it, but it I'll, scared I'll, me. As, as soon as I see it, I'll probably it'll be one of those. I'll see it. I'll go, oh fuck yeah! Of course I know it. Yeah, I, I loved it, but it's it scared me. I don't know why, um, but I'm sure I'll remember when we watch it. I just one of my 
you know, like sometimes you remember feelings more than you remember everything, and, and I remember being scared of that. Um, so that'll be interesting when we watch it. Yeah, that'll it. be a but, fun one, whenever that yeah, comes. Yeah, but for this, it was definitely that old-timey music and the muted colours just felt like just felt like it belonged in some sort of fucking haunted house or ghost story to me and, and i'm so glad that i've pushed past that now yeah. as a 40 year old man who's no longer afraid of shit like that <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad that i pushed past it finally and just discovered this amazing show and i more than anything we've watched in a very long time um i really recommend that everyone listening goes out and gives this a chance because you're going to discover something wonderful yeah and i I really, if you're listening to us and and you like this sort of thing, then I fail to see how you won't love this it, because it's it's operating at such a high level. It hmm. it's gold standard. This it really is. Yeah, and I mean that's I I've not watched anywhere near as much as I should have um, for this episode of just life. Um, but yeah, I've, no, I've I've watched the pilot and I've I've read I've read on a bit so I know, just so I know enough of what was going on to be able to do the show. But yeah, it's we don't get that many where I go. You know what? I'm going to make time to watch this. It's only 52 episodes, so what's that? I don't do maths. Probably about 20-odd hours, and yeah, there are about 20 it, minutes of clip. Yeah, so it's, so. Like two, it's like two days worth of watching because i got to work. Um, so it's not, you know, fuck, I park up on the side of the road and watch a couple of hours. Nobody's going to notice. Um, but, you know, it's 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 one of those I'm going to go back and say, right, I want to at least get through a season of it. Yeah, I mean, when you know, when you say it out loud and you say 20-odd hours, it sounds like a lot, but going, really. back, going back 10 years ago, that was a season of a TV show. Yeah. You know, like yeah, we get we get shorter runs now, series run for yeah. like twelve, thirteen episodes. If but I, you know, there used to be twenty two to twenty four yeah, episodes. Your, your standard was 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 twenty two. Sometimes depending yeah. on the show, you'd get twenty four, twenty five. But generally, you you at least get twenty two a season. Now you get six, eight, ten. Yeah, maybe so, twelve if you're lucky. So you know, it, it's only one season of a pre two thousands TV show. Really? Well, yeah, this is it. I, I was when people go on about, oh, I, I, I binged this show and it, it took me like four hours. Fuck off! I, I remember at one point I did, I did all eight seasons of Twenty Four in a week. I mean, that, that's that's kind of total immersion, really, isn't it? Yeah, but no, it's, you, it's, you have to do that with a with a new season of Twenty Four. Yeah. You just got to go all the way through. That's it. But when you go, oh yeah, I, I binged it. It, t- it took me all day. Fuck off! That's not that's yeah. not binging. When, when you had when you, the only time you stopped was when you had to get up and change the fucking disc. And that was the only point where it was worth getting up and going for a piss. Yeah, you might give yeah. you five. You might give yourself five minutes to go and get something to eat. But having apart said from all, that, yeah, having said all of that, don't miss those days. Loving the weekly release schedule that Disney Plus are committing to—it's the way forward. And yes, I am looking at you, Stranger Things. Nothing needs to be two hours a fucking episode. I'm sorry, but it doesn't. <laughs> that's not an episode. That's a fucking film. Tangent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> stop me before I get really annoyed. <laughs> Right. Well, we'll uh, yeah, we'll we'll steer you back off that particular cliff edge. Yes, please do. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I've got no more to say other than just please go out and watch it. It's, it this is fucking wonderful. Please go out and watch it. Um, not not that you know it's not going to make any difference. It's not they're going to bring this back or anything. But just no. do yourself a favor if you've never seen this or if you watched it as a kid and didn't like it, like me, give it another try. Give it another try. It's absolutely worth it. Yeah. You will love it, I promise you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't really got anything else to add to that. So, I mean, again, as always, we'd love to know what people's thoughts are now, what your memories of it are. Um, when we tend to have these sorts of opinions where we haven't liked something, that's when we tend to get the most people going, what the fuck was wrong with you? Why didn't you like it? So, we, no, we've admitted we were wrong. But let us know what your memories of it are because clearly we missed something at the time and I think that's something that we may regret missing out on, to be honest. 
Um, but yeah, so as always, get in touch with us on Twitter at SMPDPod. You can go to our website, ddpodcast.net, where you can get our previous episodes of this show and also other shows as well. Wherever you get your podcast from, uh, subscribe, leave some message as best, best we can. If you are going to our website, click the red box in the top right, right-hand corner and buy our, buy my book, buy our film. Uh, spend as much money as you can because our kids need to eat, gas prices are going up, etc., etc., etc. But until next time. See you later. Really?